God is so good, isn't he? Has he been good to you? He's been good to all of us. And we're just kind of basking in that as a church and really sensing his blessing over us. And I pray that today the message would be something that helps us get anchored again into the goodness of God. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. And in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 60. That's the two main passages, Matthew 5 and Isaiah 60. And then later on, we'll get into 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I just want to mention that next week, we begin a new series of messages from the Scriptures on what they say about relationships. And we didn't really know what to call it, so we're just calling it, This Is Us. You know, nothing fancy, just, this is us. And how we do life together, and what we learn about being kingdom people in community and in covenant. And it's going to be a fun series, very candid, a little bit raw at times, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy it, and it's going to be solidly out of the Scriptures. So look forward to that starting next Sunday. By the way, if I sound a little bit not myself, it's because I've been fighting a virus all week long. I was in bed most of the week. I didn't think I'd even make it here this morning. But by the grace of God and the healing of Jesus and His presence, I'm here, and I'm trusting you guys to pray me through. And today we're wrapping up our Unstoppable series. We've been taking some time to get reacquainted with our vision as a church. You should know the vision by now if you've been here for four weeks. It is releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth. And the kind of church that Jesus is building and the kind of church that Jesus is leading is not a church of hesitancy or caution or fear. It does not hold back. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, nothing's going to stop his church from advancing. Amen? Nothing can, nothing will stop it. And that's the calling that's on this church. It is to advance with the kingdom of heaven here in this world. We take it seriously. We read our Bibles and we say, this is true. And because it's true, we're believing God for it in our times. And so we're just anchoring ourselves to the Word and going forward and saying, Lord, do it in our generation. And that calling that's on us is just getting brighter and brighter. Hence, a name that goes with that calling and with that vision will be awesome. So here's the question. How does the vision get turned into action? That's what we've been exploring in this series. We've come up with four essential things that express the vision of our church. Here they are. Encounter God's presence embrace kingdom life, experience community, and change the world. These four things are really like four pillars or four essentials that we are framing all of our life and ministry and mission upon. And today I'm covering the last of the four pillars. We're looking at what it means to change the world. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at our passages I'm going to read them for us, starting at Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, and the words will be on the screen as well. By the way, this is Jesus speaking in the Sermon on on the Mount, and here's what he has to say. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father 
in heaven. Now let's go over to Isaiah chapter 60, a marvelous chapter in the Bible. Just the first five verses. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. Those are world-changing passages of Scripture. In fact, both those areas of the Bible are saying the same thing, one from the New Testament perspective and the other from the Old Testament. They're really an invitation to us as the people of God to step into something that is part of our destiny. And as I pondered through uh, those passages for a while this week, I found a couple of questions emerging, a few questions that I think we should answer today. Here's the first one. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Because the way you see yourself will determine how you live. Do you know who you are? Jesus told you who you are. He said, you are the light of the world. You're radiating light to the world. That's big, isn't it? He didn't say you can become the light of the world or you should be the light of the world. He said to his followers, you are the light of the world. Some people might say, well, uh, I thought Jesus said in John chapter 8 that he was the light of the world. So if he's the light of the world, we cannot be the light of the world. But both are true because when he transformed your life, when he came inside of your heart and took up residence there by his Holy Spirit, you also became the light of the world. You see, it's God's spirit in you that makes the difference. And when we think about who we are, we have to dismantle some erroneous thoughts about how we view ourselves as Christian people. And I want to contrast uh, the proper th uh, view of things with a false view that I call simply worm theology. Worm theology says this, I am nothing, I can't do anything, I have nothing to contribute. I'm just a poor, miserable wretch. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. There's nothing I can do to change the course of history. It's all God and none of me. Listen, if it's all God and none of you, then why would he have made you? Why would he have given us the gospel? Why would he have designed the church? It's through us that he works. And yes, it's true that without him we can do nothing. We, of course, realize that. Jesus reminded us about that. But it's also true that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. All things. We are more than conquerors, the Bible says. So you are the light of the world. I want you to take a moment, turn to your neighbor and tell them that, and then have them tell, them, tell that back to you. Say, you're the light of the world. Go ahead. Feels a bit strange to say it, doesn't it? 
You are the light of the world. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. We're to radiate the light of God in this world for His name's sake. The moment you became born again of the Spirit of God, the moment that the Holy Spirit took up residence in your body, you became the light of the world representing Jesus. He's really in you. And you've been called by God to make a difference, to leave a mark, to have an impact, and to bring kingdom change into this world. This is intrinsic to our whole way of life as believers. We're not just here to get through cold winters. We're not just here to live mundane, minuscule, meaningless lives. God has only one plan to rescue and restore this world, and He's chosen to do that through His people. It's humbling. It's it's monumental. It's staggeringly huge, but it's true. It's all part of the gospel of Christ. We are involved in the changing of things in this world. In other words, there is a display of God's glory and power that is to happen through your life. God made you as a unique person with a special personality and a special passion and a special amount of gifts, and He wants that light to shine through you. Matthew 5 says, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That they may see your good works. Good works on display can be an opportunity for light to be disseminated. And it brings God great glory. The Father is praised in those moments when our works declare who He is. You and I are to release that. So do you know who you are? You're the light of the world. Here's another question. Do you know what you carry? You carry the presence of the king of the universe. You're walking around with his presence upon you and, and, and in you. You carry his glory upon your life. That's what Isaiah was getting at in the first couple of verses. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You, the glory of the Lord, the kabod in the old original language, the weightiness of God's presence is over you. This is what makes you attractive to people in this world. It's when you're walking with and under the weight of God's glory and his presence over your whole life. Now you can turn to 2 Corinthians 5 now. We're going to look there in a moment. There's a passage there about being ambassadors. And an ambassador back then, same as now, is someone who comes from another country or another kingdom, and they represent the throne that they are from. So if the ambassador came from Saudi Arabia and was landing here in Airdrie this afternoon, that would be a very big deal. Can you imagine all the things that would happen to make that take place? When an ambassador shows up, they're representing their king. They're subject to the laws of their king, not the laws of the country around them, and they bear the presence of that whole realm of the kingdom wherever they go. The interesting thing is that Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we, as believers, are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Take a look at it. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. All this is from God 
who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. Can I say it again? We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We're the ambassadors of the king of the universe. And we're to represent his realm wherever we go. We carry his presence in all the places that we travel. The gospel of the kingdom is a commission that's given to every one of us. And I think we have to remind ourselves of that because sometimes we think, you know, it's only pastors and missionaries and international workers and revival speakers that get to really be in on the work of the kingdom. That's not true. Uh, The reality is we're all called into the kingdom. And we're all commissioned to be ambassadors for the kingdom. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 10 at verse 7. I call it the everyday commission. He said this, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. It's not just for a few people to be involved in this. This is the commission to all believers. And we might as well just say to ourselves, well, let's just get at it. And when we do, sometimes people start talking about the will of God. They say, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. I don't know if I should do this or that. I know what the will of God is for your life. Here it is. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. That's the will of God for our lives. That's part of the commissioning that he's given to us all. Someone might say, "What? Well, I don't know if I should do that as a single person or a married person. The answer is simple. Just decide. And if you want to get married, choose a believing person that you're suitable with. And after that, you get married and then heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Yeah, but I don't know if I should be a school teacher or a pastor or an engineer or an IT. Simple. Pray about it. Pick one of those things. And after you've done that, then heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Why? Because freely you have received, and freely you should give. This is the commissioning of us all. We've already been sent out by the Master himself. The commissioning has happened through the resurrection of Jesus and the poured out Holy Spirit. Here's another question. Where am I supposed to shine? I don't know if you were raised in a Sunday school environment uh, like I was many years ago, but they taught us this little song. You know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Kind of a cute little song, theologically a bit inaccurate, because it's not a little light. You know, and that's what I grew up seeing, this little light of mine, me in my small corner, you know, I just got a little flickering candle here for God. No! Uh, We just sang about the light of the world here today. His light has come into our lives to the point that Jesus is saying, now you're the light of the world. Whoa. So it's not a little light. It's a huge light. And it has impact wherever it illuminates. 
So where should you let your light shine? Simple answer, everywhere you go and anywhere you go. Now, I do think it's helpful to talk about places where God will specially send his people because I think in everyday life we, we miss moments unless we connect them to the kingdom. And there are places, or I should say realms of influence, where you can be specifically involved in letting your light shine and letting the kingdom advance through your life. For instance, first of all, some of you are called to do that in the business realm. You're called to the business realm. That's where your career is. You have skills there. You have talents. Uh, you know how to make money. You know how to start companies. You know how to, how to run staff things. And you know how to produce products. It's awesome. Your calling is to the business world. So you can seek to display the light of God in the realm of the business world. How do you do that? Well, you do that by, first of all, praying over everything that's happening in your business. You devote your business to God. You pray for your staff. You, you build relationships with your staff so that the kingdom can advance into their lives. You support and encourage other business leaders in the city that you're in so that you can do some things together, so that you can encourage each other. There's many other ways. Some of you are doing this in our church, and it's awesome, and we celebrate you. Here's another realm that you could be advancing the kingdom of God in. It's in the area of education. Maybe you're a school teacher. You're on staff in a, in a school, and by the way, the, the whole area of school life needs a lot of prayer and a lot of kingdom attention these days. And if you're a school teacher in a school, you have an opportunity to be a voice for truth at a very important time. There are values that are shaping much of our schools these days that are ungodly, that are secular, that are opposite to what the scriptures talk about. How is that going to change unless people who are involved in the, in the school itself, even the parents, as well as the teachers, and as well as the leadership, unless they are shown some things from the Word of God that are helpful for a blessing to the city. I'm encouraging those of you who are school teachers to pray harder, and we're standing with you as you face peculiar times. This is a moment when we really need to encourage those who are educators to be salt and light right in the school system. For some of you, it'll be in the area of medicine or healthcare or hospital work. You might be an EMT or a paramedic or a doctor. And God will show you opportunities to let your light shine even through the whole area of medicine and healthcare. Or maybe it's in the realm of media or arts or uh, technology. There's so much happening in, in the tech world, and we're going to need Christian men and women represented well there who have the values of the kingdom of God so that as technology increases and expands in this world, that we can have a shaping influence upon it. Or maybe it's in the realm of government. I believe that it's, much, it's as much a calling of God for some believers to go into politics and government work and state work as it is to be a pastor. And we, we do need men and women shaping our nation and our province and our region. You guys watch the news. You see what's happening every day. As we see all the crumbling edges of our, of our Judeo-Christian culture happening in front of our eyes, the question I'm always asking myself is, who are the men and women that we need to send from our church to get elected? 
Maybe the Prime Minister of Canada in 10 years is sitting right there. Maybe. Maybe the next Premier of the province is sitting right there. Maybe the mayor of our city, after, I'm not, I love our mayor, <laughs> Peter Browns, he's a friend of mine, but whenever he's done, you know, maybe the next mayor is right here. Maybe it's, maybe it's you. You see, we want to shape our society by being involved in it. We're going to be world changers as a church. We're going to produce people by the grace of God who will actually go out of here and shape this country. And as we pray that through, we'll see amazing things happen. By the way, I encourage you to keep praying for our MLA, Angela Pitt, who's part of our church family. She's a believer. She loves the Lord. And we're already standing strong with her because of her commitment to Christ. And I just encourage you to be praying for her. Pray for our MP, Blake Richards. Pray for our Prime Minister. Let God invade that whole realm with his power and his presence. All of us are called to advance the kingdom in and through our homes and families. We don't want to understate this. If it doesn't happen at home, it's not going to happen outside the home. And so as you think about your family, how do you bring the kingdom of heaven into the realm of parenting and marriage? Well, we play a role in helping you with that as a church. But you also have things that you, you can do and you, you know what they are. And I encourage you to Think about those family members of yours who don't know God and to be a missionary to them and to pray for them and to love them and to make sure that you're spending time with them. And then, of course, we're all part of this thing called the church, which is at the front of the advance of the gospel. The reality is, friends, we have all been called to represent the kingdom of Jesus in this world. And so I want to get a little bit more practical now in thinking about changing the world because I want to talk about cities for a moment. The restoration of cities is part of the gospel of the kingdom. So turn over to Isaiah chapter 61. It's just one page over from the other passage at verse 4. I really felt this needed to be read today. It's part of this message. Isaiah 61 and verse 4. It says, They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated, they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. That's what it means to change the world. The renewal of cities is on God's heart. The restoration of broken places. It's intrinsic to the gospel that wherever the people of God live, they of course pay attention to their own city. They think about the brokenness of their own community. They go to prayer about that. Uh, and, and that city that they live in is to be restored from its ruins. Okay, so think about the brokenness of our city. As you drive around Airdrie, as you hang out with friends and, and do errands, do you think of what's happening here overall in our city? Think about the stressed out families. Think about the drivenness in our city. Think about the fractured marriages and relationships. Think about the domestic violence, the economic pressure, Think about how many people live their lives every single day in fear. Think about gender confusion and sexual brokenness. Think about alcoholism and drug addiction and gambling. And on and on it goes. So when we're talking about the renewal of cities, we believe it starts right here. 
and, and that God will show us things to do in our city that will make a difference for his kingdom. But then there's more. There's more to it than that. We need to be praying not only about how God wants to use us in changing the world here in this region, but also how he wants to use us in changing the world in other cities. And our leadership has begun praying for God to lead us towards an area of the world that he wants us to focus on globally. We've been praying, saying, Lord, what city is it? What people group? What language? What nation do you want us to connect to and develop a a partnership relationship with international workers and, and the work of God there? What can we be involved in globally? We're praying about that. We're asking God to reveal that to us in 2018 so that we can provide strategic support and so that we can invest in that and we can perhaps plant a church in another part of the world. Some of you may be sent by God one day to a sister church of this congregation in another city of the world. You might be the staff person there. You might be the senior pastor of that church. You might be the couple that goes out and trailblazes it. This is all part of the vision of releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth. But I've got one more question for us. And the question is this, am I shining? Am I shining? Is there light coming out of my life? Later on when you're at home, ask your spouse that question if you're married. Do I shine at all? And then answer it for them too. The church of Jesus has had some bright lights burning in its history when darkness would flee. Let me tell you of one of those stories. It was when two English martyrs, Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Ridley, were being taken to be burned at the stake in England for the cause of pre-Reformation efforts. They were trying to get things going for the gospel. And so they got caught, and they were being burned at the stake Latimer, it is said, looked at Ridley as they were being bound and tied to the wooden poles, and he said, Be of good cheer, Brother Ridley. We have lighted such a candle in England as by the grace of God shall never be put out. And it's never been put out. Light always dispels darkness. So I close with this. Worship team, come on up. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. But I want you to get this in the right order. First, you must arise. You know what that means? It means to get up. It means to stand up. It means to wake up. It means to acknowledge, oh, I've got to get engaged in this moment. Arise. And then you shine. And when you're shining, you're reflecting and and, and illuminating around you the glory that's upon you already because you belong to God. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You see, you are significant. Nations will come to your light. Kings will come to the brightness of your dawn. You can be humble and say that because it's based on the Word of God. If you want to change the world, you've got to arise and shine because you are the light of the world, remember? God has no other plan to change the world except through you and me. We're it. He's entrusted us with the gift of His Spirit and His Word. 
He's given us a great commission. Because of that, His church is unstoppable. Unstoppable. Let's stand together. His church will always overcome. Amen? It will always advance. It will always have victory. Because He who overcame all things, including death, sin, and Satan, He who overcame all of that is with us. He's in us. And He's over us. We go from victory to victory in Christ. He's the hope of the world. And He's in us. So world changers, you ready? We're going to pray a prayer over you. defining moment for some of us. I can sense it. If you want to be a world changer, would you just lift up one hand with me to heaven and say, God, take me up on it. Yes. I welcome this. I say yes to being a world changer. I say yes to releasing the kingdom of heaven here on earth. I say yes to being part of a church that is unstoppable. I say yes to using my gifts and my talents and my experience wherever you lead me. I say yes to the call of God in my life. Lord, lead me. Use me even this week to change this world in some way. I thank you, God, that you've spoken to our hearts thank you for the guarantee of your presence upon our lives every single moment. You're so, so good. And Father, I pray now that your faithfulness would be with us as we go out from here. And I ask, Lord, that there'd be strength in everybody's lives to put this all into action for the honor and the sake of the name of Jesus our Lord. And everybody prayed and said, Amen. Amen. Amen.